Hey folks, this is Mark Barron. episode we take a box, an ordinary box, an unmarked box, a box whose contents are a mystery and whose origin and destination are unknown. And together we discover what's inside. Together we explore the connections and associations its interior yields. This, this is Unmarked Box. Conley, I think your podcast is great. Great. This is Ira Glass of This American Life. 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 This is our glass of this American life. This is our glass of this American life. This is our glass of this American life. And I want to thank Shanku for welcome to Hanmark Box. special episode of Unmarked Box. This episode marks our fourth anniversary as a going concern and to celebrate we'll be taking a break from our usual format and looking back on our history. Though of course we'll still find time to open an Unmarked Box or two before the curtain falls. We'll also be going behind the scenes to take a look at the development of the show and what goes into a typical episode from a production standpoint. And by popular request, we'll be traveling back to where it all began and playing a clip from the Unmarked Box pilot, an episode that until now had only been heard by myself and the producers at Off Brown Horse. 
Now this is an extremely embarrassing clip from a time when, quite honestly, I had no idea what I was doing. But somehow the folks at Off Brown Horse sensed that there was some vestige of potential there and decided to give me a shot. Now many people have begged me to play this clip uh, over the course of the time I've been doing the show, but I find it so personally mortifying and consider it so utterly irredeemable that I have resisted. Until now. That's coming up later in the show. Stick around, comrades. This will be fun as fuck. Throughout all the correspondence we've received, one question has persisted. Where did the idea for the show come from? How did you, in this case I, come to decide to make a podcast about unmarked boxes? Now, I think this is a really fascinating question, and it's worth spending a bit of time on. I mean, yes, I could provide a simple, linear answer like my grade 5 English teacher gave me an unmarked box one day and I've been hooked ever since, or there was a dearth of nebulous box-related podcasts out there and I spied an opportunity. You know, the kind of thing that would fit neatly into a six-minute slot on a a talk show or something. But I think it would be more interesting, um, both for myself and for the listener, to draw on broader issues relating to the formation of ideas and the nature of creativity. Because the the moment of, of inspiration does not occur in a vacuum. Like, no matter how original you think you are, you can't help but betray the culture you were raised in, um, in your output. Like, the books you've read, the films you've watched, the people you've met, all that sort of stuff comes in. Whether you're conscious of it or not, it shapes your art, you know. It, it brings to mind that, that famous quote about dwarves standing on giants. If, if my art reaches a higher pinnacle than, than any work of art before it, you know, like any podcast that came before it, it is only because I'm a, effectively a dwarf standing on the giant that is the past. And in that sense, I, I consider my art a, a collaboration, even when I'm solely responsible for its realisation, as, as I usually am. It, it's, it's a collaboration with my artistic forebearers, my, my predecessors, and by extension with humanity itself. I'm not here to take sole credit for Unmarked Box to say, you know, it's all mine. Unmarked Box only exists because of the thousands of years of human expression that preceded it. And the thing is, it's impossible to even be aware of every single cultural artifact that has influenced its creation. Like the thing I can point to as being an influence that, you know, I am aware of, like the main conscious influence on Unmarked Box, and it's probably obvious to anyone who's a regular listener, uh, is the work of, of William Shakespeare. Although we operate in different mediums, I consider Shakespeare as much of an, of a, of an author of, of Unmarked Box as, as I am. The thing with Shakespeare that, that I'm so indebted to, and, you know, that I, and I, that I strive for, is the good way of saying things. Like, if, if, if you're not familiar with his work, I definitely encourage you to, to, read, to read it or see it performed, because in many respects he was a playwright. And, and when you do, you'll see that for whatever scenario he's, he's devised for the characters, like in the examples of, of his plays, for instance, he finds, like when writing the, the dialogue that the characters speak, he finds these good ways of saying things. Um, like, I'll find an example. I've got a copy of Hamlet here 
um, and like just literally just at random, just flipping through the book at random because he's very consistent. Like you, you don't need to like uh, cherry pick the particular phrases and stuff because the, the good way of saying things is the whole thing. Like it's all a good way of, of saying all of that. So um, I'll just read at random. Um, so here this is Hamlet speaking and I'll perform it. And, and then we'll, we'll kind of pick it apart and I'll, I'll show you what I mean by the good way, the good way of saying things. Okay, the next bit will be me as Hamlet. Now I am alone. Oh, what a rogue and peasant slave am I. Is it not monstrous that this player here, but in a fiction, in a dream of passion, could force his soul so to his own conceit that from her working all his visage Wand. Te tears in her eyes, distraction in its aspect, a broken voice and his whole function suiting with forms to his conceit, and all for nothing, for Hecuba. What's Hecuba to him, or he to Hecuba? What he should weep for her, what would he do, had he the motive and the cue for passion that I have? He would drown the stage with tears, and cleave the general ear with horrid speech, make mad the guilty and appall the free, confound the ignorant and amaze, indeed, the very faculties of ears, the very faculties of eyes and ears, yet I, a dull and muddy metal rascal, peak, like John dreams, unpregnant of my cause, and can say nothing, no, not for a king, Upon whose property and most dear life a damned defeat was made. Am I a coward? Who calls me vision? Am I, sorry. Am I a coward? Who calls me villain? Breaks my pate across, plucks off my beard and blows it in my face, tweaks me by the nose, gives me the lie eye, the throat, as deep as to the lungs. Who does me this? Ha! Swounds! I should take it, for it cannot be. But I am given pigeon livid and lack gold to make oppression bitter, or ere this I should have fated all the region kites with this slave's awful, bloody, bawdy villain, remorseless, treacherous, lecherous, kindless villain. Why, what an ass I am. This is most brave that I, the son of dear father murdered, prompted to my revenge by heaven and hell, must like a whore unpack my heart with words, and fall a-cursing like a very drab, a scullion fie upon it, foe, about my brain, hum I have heard, that guilty creatures sitting at a play, have by the very cunning of the scene been struck to the soul that presently they have proclaimed their malefactions. For murder it, though they have no tongue, will speak with most miraculous organ. I'll have these players play something like the murder of my father before mine uncle. I'll observe his looks. I'll tent him to the quick. But if he blench, I know my course. The spirit that I have seen, may the devil and the devil hath power to assume a pleasing shape. Yea, and perhaps out of all my weakness and my melancholy and he's very potent with such spirits, abusers to damn me. I'll have grounds more relative than this, the plays, the thing, wherein I'll catch the conscience of the king. Okay, so that's just, uh, as I said, from a random uh, section of, of Hamlet that I just flicked through in, in my um, 
Dover Thrift Edition. And, you know, like, there's, like, really what he's saying in, in that. Like, there's, like, obviously really simple ways of, of saying, like, Shakespeare could have just written a couple of lines, like, about what he's saying. Like, for example, like, it's, like, what it boils, like, a, a, what it boils down to, like, what he's really saying um, uh, with that speech, that sort of soliloquy um, is what we call it. Um, what he's what he's sort of getting at there. So he's talking about someone. So he's talking about another character in the in the play who he obviously doesn't like, right? Um, like you you heard some of the the terms there. Like he he says at one point, uh, uh, bloody bawdy villain, remorseless, treacherous, lecherous, kindless villain, right? So he's using. He's obviously directed it at someone he doesn't like. It's a man because the, the pronouns. Um, what, essentially, what I'm saying, like, it boils down to him just saying, like, you know, this I don't like this guy, right? So, he, like, Hamlet could have, I mean, Shakespeare could have done that in like one one line of, of Hamlet, like, interior Hamlet's house, and then Hamlet as the the character heading, and the dialogue was just. Hey, I don't like that guy, right? Full stop. Like that could have been the whole thing, just one one line, one clause. I don't like that guy, right? Like that that, but like that's the thing about what makes Shakespeare so special. It's because like he doesn't do that. Like it, I mean, he's so easy to do that. And I'm sure no one would have complained if if he did that because he probably would have been able to churn out like six times as many plays if, if he wrote like that it's it's the fact that he's putting all this effort in that it doesn't seem like necessary and i think that's that comes to the the heart of what what makes art great is that it is essentially useless it's not it's not utility like art art isn't a utility it's not a pragmatic thing that we quote unquote need you know to function and and some people might use that to like to to to, to to, to criticize art and say like, well, what's the point of it? If it's not feeding me, you know, if it's not paying my rent, why, what, why do I have to deal with this art thing? And why do I even have to like pay for this art thing sometimes? And that, but that's, that's the whole beauty of what, what art exists to be is that, that, that it, it is so pointless and, and, and useless and, and redundant. As I said, with this, with this speech, the 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 version where he he just gets to the heart of it and the guy says and Hamlet's just says, I don't like this guy, that saves like two whole pages of talking and, and and like what he does instead is 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 really fascinating like like he he like uses other words um, that I guess he's expound upon not liking this person. Right. I guess not satisfied. It's, it's to get like a psychological, psychological depth to, to Hamlet's character to really get to the heart of, of why he doesn't like this person. Not just, it's not enough for, for Shakespeare to just tell us, Hey, this guy doesn't like this guy. It, we have to like have Hamlet express all the ways in which he doesn't like this guy for us to really understand like psychologically why he doesn't like that guy. Um, I think that's the, the key to his art is just finding those good ways of saying things. I guess that's kind of a roundabout way of, of going about the answer, but I, I think it's more rewarding 
um, um, journey, I think. You know, I could have gone, as I said, A to B, a chat show tidbit type style, but but I think, you know, a journey like in, interweaving um, the, the connections and, and associations that the, 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 the question itself yields, which I think is credit to um, the you, the, the the listener who wrote in um, with that question, like that's 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 from you. That's from 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 your question. Um, yeah, essentially, um, that's where that's where the podcast uh, came from. Picture a box, just your average everyday box, except this one doesn't have any marks on it. It's an unmarked box. You don't know where it came from. You don't know where it was going. But I'll bet you'd like to find out what's inside. Join me on Unmarked Box. Every, uh, so often on uh, Off Brand Horse. Because now there's more than one podcast. On hey, just while this um, promo for Project A Plus plays, I just wanted to say uh, we're aware of the complaints about it, um, including about the sound levels and the fact that we've repeated it so many times at this point. Um, just wanted to let you know that we'll be recording a new version of the Project A Plus promo, probably a couple of new versions just so we can alternate them and it doesn't get too repetitive um, to have them on every single episode of another show on the network so just wanted to let you know we know we know we get it so anyway back to the anyway i was thinking of like initially like maybe i can just take some audio from an existing episode but i was like no usually it's the hosts talking about why people should listen to well sometimes it's like the podcast you know but usually there's like a framing introduction. Yeah, there is a framing thing. Which we, which we can do like momentarily. Project A Plus every week on Off Brand Horse. It's about films. Welcome back to this very special episode of Unmarked Box. Coming up, we'll be counting down the top 10 unmarked boxes as voted by you. And as I already teased, we'll be playing a clip from the Unmarked Box pilot. Once again, let me warn you that it is excruciatingly bad. I really didn't know what I was doing and, and frankly, I sound like a prize idiot, but well, sometimes you have to look back in order to move forward. Before all that, however, we'll be having a peek behind the scenes and finding out about the creation of the Unmarked Box theme song. Yes, the theme came together in, in quite an interesting way. Uh, I was fiddling around in the premium audio production suite, Logic Pro X, and I just happened upon this drum beat. And I was like, yeah, I like that. Then I was like, what if I put something over the beat? So I tried that.
then I was like, yes, this is coming together. I'm digging this, but it needs one more element. Then I had a crazy idea. What if I laid down a saxophone track, but played in a different key to the rest of the song? So I tried that. No, that doesn't work. That sounds horrible. So then I thought, what if I used a, a synthesizer and played a, a melody that was in key with the rest of the song so you didn't get that dissonant effect? So I tried that. Then I was like, no, maybe I had something with the saxophone. Then I was like, no, the, the synthesizer was, was definitely better than that. Let's hear that one again. Then I was like, wait, maybe I could combine the two tracks and together they would create a new sound. And I was like, yes, that's it. That's the sound. So I sent that across to the people at Off Brand Horse. Um, they ended up not liking that particular version and going with the one without the saxophone, you know, which is a bit disappointing, but I was just happy to be part of the process, really. O'Brien here, and guess what? That's right, it's your anniversary. Hey, yeah! Hey, this is Paul again. Just one, wondering if, if you would be interested in hanging out sometime. You know, if, if that's something that, that you'd be kind of uh, interested in. Hey, folks, this is Mark Barron. Okay, it's time to count down the top 10 unmarked boxes as voted by you. Now, because prior to this episode we've technically only opened three unmarked boxes in episodes 1, 2 and 3 respectively, uh, we had to figure out a way of extending these entries across the 10 slots of your typical top 10 list. So what we decided to do was to poll three different segments of our audience and assign a letter to each episode number which corresponded to the poll it came from. So for example, poll A was conducted on our Twitter followers. Um, so each episode there had the letter A affixed to it. So you'd vote for 1A, 2A or 3A um, as an example. Um, poll B was conducted on our Facebook group and there you'd choose between 1B, 2B or 3B. And poll C was conducted over email using the people who subscribed to our newsletter. 
and they would vote for 1C, 2C or 3C. Um, so once we had all that data, we compiled it together uh, in, in one spreadsheet and, and then we had our top 10. So shall we begin the countdown? Yes! Let's go! 10! Okay, I realize I miscounted because we only ended up with nine entries, so let's just move on to number nine. Nine! nine. Two C. Eight! Three C. Seven! One C. Six! Three B. Five! Three A. Four! Two B. Three! One B. Two! 2A 1 1A uh, Okay, I realised that the... Zero! Sorry, the, I realised that the results are skewed somewhat by the, the varying number of participants in each poll, but let's take nothing away from 1A! Yay! I can't delay it any longer. It's time for me to play a clip from the pilot episode of Unmarked Box. God, I can't believe I'm doing this. It's so embarrassing. Um, just for a bit of context, I made this in my bedroom when I was about 32 and you know, I was just playing around on the computer. I wasn't really thinking what would become of it. I didn't have a great setup or anything like that. It was just recorded using the, the default software um, and the internal microphone. And, you know, I didn't even really know what the show was at the time. It was, I was just sort of finding my way. Um, anyway, I should probably stop delaying this and just play the clip, hey? Yes! Okay, well, I just want to qualify what you're about to hear by saying I know it's bad. Like, I don't think this is good radio or anything like that. It's really embarrassing. There's all sorts of technical problems. It's kind of incoherent. Like, it's not, it's not easy for me to play this. Like, I can't even listen to it. I'm going to take my headphones off um, as soon as I press play on the tape. God, it's so bad. It's really, really bad. So I apologize for what you're about to hear, but just take comfort in the fact that I know it's bad. Okay? Okay. All right. I better just get this out of the way like a Band-Aid. All right, here it is, a clip from the pilot episode of Unmarked Box. Unmarked box. Each episode we take a box, an ordinary box. Just like, just there. And, and like, uh, connections and an association. 
Oh, so embarrassing. Uh, okay, well, I didn't hear what you just heard, but I know it was bad. So let us never speak of this again and press on with the show. Okay, now I did promise you earlier that we would open an unmarked box or two. Uh, on the show today, I just want to retrospectively remove the or two part from from that proclamation um, because it just it'll just be the one box. I know it was just a statement of, of possibility um, and it wasn't necessarily a commitment, but just wanted to to go back and, and fix that so you know you didn't expect too much and then you know you only got fifty percent of, of of what you dreamed of essentially. So it'll just be the one box. Uh, I mean, and just because we're press for time um so the box is is here in front of me you're just going to open it just moving away all the the packing bits and well what do we have in here it, it's um it's it looks like uh, it, it's well it, uh just remove some more packing Put a lot of paper in uh, I can sort of start to see what it is now. Just, just a bit more packing. Just take take that out. Ah, uh, it's it's um. It's an uh. what is it? I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what this one is. It's like such a mysterious uh, object. Like I just uh, I just don't I haven't come across it before. So I mean, it's it's like difficult to to sort of come up with connections and associations. Like I don't actually know what what the object is so 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 it could be anything and 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 like anything has connections and associations with with everything so you know as i said we're pressed for time so we'll probably just just put a lid on it not the box i mean the the, the show the show um i mean i could put a lid back on, on the box as well but but that's not what i, I meant i'm just meant the the the, the the, the the show itself so uh thank you for, for joining us i really appreciate all all the support uh that you've you've given us over the the, the, the weeks and um 
you know, look forward to, to, to making many, many fine episodes from, from, from here, from, from, from now, now I didn't say. So, uh, love you all. Uh, hope you, hope you're all like happy in, in, in where you are with, with your lives, uh, at the, at the moment, I, I, I'd be feeling really like you, you're using your, your, your time pr productively and you have like a, hope for for the future and 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 stuff like that like i just just really hope that that's the case so have a have a good week um i will i will of course see you same same approximate t t today uh next week um i mean you'll hear me not you won't see me but um yeah so so it'll keep going there'll still be episodes and stuff hopefully many more fine uh, episodes of um, i'll see you next week Hey folks, this is Mark Barron. Oh,